This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time. It's time. Time to get in the zone. Time to get in the zone. With the 49ers Web Zone. This is the No Huddle Podcast with Al and Brian. What's up, Faithful? You're listening to another episode of the 49ers Web Zone No Huddle Podcast, a part of the Odyssey Network. I am Brian Rennick. He is Al Sacco. It is a new year. The 49ers get to play the Rams this week. But more importantly, the 49ers led the NFL in Pro Bowl selections. And I think that's our jumping off point today. Al, any surprises for you when it comes to either A, Pro Bowl selections on this team, or B, uh, players from this team that didn't make the Pro Bowl? There's one that I'm thinking of, but I, I don't know that it's much like... It's, it's a conversation, but any surprises for you? I don't think so. Maybe I was a little surprised with Javon Hargrave, maybe a little bit, um, but maybe not. I don't know. I figured they were going to have like eight, nine, ten guys. They're loaded. They have so yeah. many guys having a great season. And shout out, you know what, man? Shout out to the 49ers fans who absolutely <laughs> showed out in the fan voting. I'm assuming it's mostly 49ers fans. I'm sure casual fans are going to vote for who they think should be in there too, but this was mostly Niners fans. Yeah, And so the top five teams in NFL fan voting, from what I read, the Niners had 1.14 million votes. The, ne- the next team to have the most votes was the Dolphins at 895,000. <laughs> Brock Purdy had the most votes in the NFL yeah, of anybody. And then I think, was it? No, McCaffrey was second. Mm-hmm. And then I think two was third and Kittle was fourth. So they had three of the top five guys and Kelsey was fifth. I mean, what a great job by Niners fans to really go out and show and support their team. I thought it was awesome. I thought it was really cool. Yeah. And, you know, honestly, like you said, Hargrave, maybe a bit of a surprise uh, in terms of if you just look at the raw stats, you know, he doesn't, there isn't a lot that jumps off the page for him uh, this season. Uh, But it's hard to argue that the guys that made it don't deserve it. You know, this is a, this is a team that is loaded, as you said. Uh, but 
all those players, there there have been teams that have been loaded that haven't performed like the 49ers have. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so kudos to the players for for you know putting putting it out on the field for for fans to vote for. Uh, and you know, I I think for me, the the one that I guess you could call a surprise, but I, I really don't think it's a surprise is Brandon Ayuk. Um, I, I think he definitely deserves uh, a, a Pro Bowl nod. Uh, but if you look at the three guys uh, that uh, that were starters, um, which is what all that they announced, they didn't announce they didn't announce alternates and things like that. But when you look at at the guys that did make it ahead of him, it's AJ Brown and it's Puka Nakua and I believe it's Justin Jefferson. I'm not positive. No, I don't think it was it Jeff. No, it wasn't Jefferson. It can't be Jefferson because he missed a no. lot of time. There's one other where I was like, okay, that you know, because while Brandon Ayuk has had a breakout season, and and we've we've talked about it, mm-hmm. um, you know, he he still doesn't have some of the again stats that that jump out at you uh, outside. Of, if you dig a little deeper, I think I think his his yards per catch is incredibly impressive, just because. You know, he he has put up 1,300 plus yards on way less receptions than any other than any other guy ahead of him on that on that Pro Bowl selection. So uh, I think that was a bit of a snub. And I also think Mitch Wisnowski, you know, I, it's hard to talk about punters because it's not. Yeah, sexy, that's, a good, but that's a good point. Yeah. Mitch Wisnowski has had an incredible season. He has been an absolute weapon for this team when it comes to flipping field position. And, you know, I, I don't think he got the the recognition that that he necessarily deserves. But also when you're talking about a team that doesn't punt very much don't punt that because much. they're scoring yeah. all the time. Uh, again, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to get that recognition. Yeah. And Dallas's punter made it. And I do want to go over the guy. Oh, CD lamb. CD lamb is the, is the other guy I couldn't think of. And he absolutely deserves a spot. Yeah, and and I do want to go over the guys who made it, but we'll start. Yeah, Ayuk was the snub to me. And when you you said you dig deeper down in the stats, so yards per catch, she's first, eighteen point three. First down rate, he's first, eighty one point nine. PFF grade, he's second, uh, one hundred twenty seven point two passer rating when he's targeted. That's second. Twenty plus yard receptions. That's second. Uh, wide receiver total EPA. That's fourth. And I saw those stats from Kevin Kruger on Twitter. Mm-hmm. He's also. Um, I saw this, I think I saw this on ESPN. So the highest yards per route run seasons by a wide receiver since 2007. Tyreek Hill this season at 4.1. Steve Smith, 2008 at 3.9. Tyreek Hill last year, 3.3. Brandon Ayuk (laughs) this year, 3.3. So for him not to be in the Pro Bowl, I mean, he's got 1,317 yards receiving. Um, Now I understand that there's... Well, he's sixth in the league, and it is it is tight in the NFC. So mm-hmm. you mentioned Lamb, who absolutely deserves it. 122 yeah. catches, 1651 yards, 10 touchdowns. He he deserves it. AJ Brown yeah. was a beast for a lot of the season. He deserves mm-hmm. to be there. Puka, nice story. 101 catches, 1445 yards. He's gonna you know he's breaking records for a rookie receiver. He gets the nod there. So I understand those three guys. And then there's the snubs. Ayuk is one of them, like we mentioned. Ayuk has 1,317 yards, and he's the only guy there in the top seven, really. Well, in the top six, with he's got 101 targets. Everybody else in the top six has over 154. Yeah. So there you go. 
like what he's done so much with his targets. And two other guys who really have a case at receiver that you can make the case just like Ayuk is Amandre St. Brown, who has 112 yeah. catches and 1,371 yards. And DJ Moore in any other year, mm-hmm. 92 grabs and 1,300 yards with eight touchdowns. He could have been there too in the NFC. So it was, it was really tight. So Ayuk deserves it. But mm-hmm. again, with those other guys, can you really say those other guys don't deserve it? I think he, I, I want to say I saw alternates and he was one of them, but I could be completely wrong. Yeah. But I think um, he will at least be an alternate. And I saw Bill Barnwell put an article out on ESPN where he was picking his all pros. He picked Ayuk as the second team all pro. Yeah. So yeah. maybe that, maybe that accolade still to come for him. But I agree. If I had to pick one, one snub, it would have been Ayuk. Yeah. And, you know, you think about, again, what is the Pro Bowl? It's, it's fan voting. So, you know, it's a third, third, are, of it, third of it, a third of it. Right. But, you know, you look at, you look at Nakua and you look at AJ Brown and for both of those teams, it's really like, if those fans are going to vote for somebody, it's going to be those guys on their squad. Right. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I think that definitely has something to do with it, but like you said, you know, Nakua, it, it is a cool story and, you know, he is likely uh, he's going to play on Sunday against the 49ers. Uh, he needs 23, I believe it's 23 yards to break the uh, rookie receiving record. So I imagine that, you know, within the first two series, they're probably going to try and get him those 23 yards and then get him out of the game. Because mm-hmm. just like the 49ers, the Rams are going to be resting players as well, including their quarterback. So, um, you know, a cool story. And, you know, when when you have cool stories like that, uh, you know, sometimes you want to reward them in a way that, uh, you know, says, hey, kudos to you for that season and and you know he will the, the problem for him is that he's likely not going to get offensive rookie of the year because that's probably going to go to CJ Stroud and rightfully so CJ Stroud's had a hell of a season yeah, and so again this is going to be a hell of a that's going to yeah. be an interesting race yeah which yeah. Go with that so this is going to probably be the one accolade that he gets so um again kudos to him for literally coming out of nowhere and 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 really lighting the league on fire yeah and that's the only credit we're going to give the rams on the show yes that's, <laughs> that's all you get. all right so the guys who actually made the squad nine of them make it we'll look at everybody brock purdy makes it and for me again when you have a team that's really good and you have a quarterback that's really good as a fan it should be cool it should be fun yeah. for you and the 49ers I know it was the Niners and the Dolphins. I want to say there's another team and team or two in there that haven't had a Pro Bowl quarterback in a really long time. There were like three Mm. or four teams that haven't had one. The Dolphins hadn't had one since 1995 with Marino. Somehow Tua didn't make it last year. Somehow Tyler Huntley made it over Tua. I don't don't even know. I don't even know what was going on. Well, Tua had Um, all those injuries last year. I think that's part of it. Yeah, but a Tyler Huntley, he played like three games. No, I, I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying I agree with it, but I think I think that's yeah. That was a weird. Why he one. did it? Yeah. yeah so and but I, and, he made it this year. And you have to actually. What I would. I and I don't know the answer to this. I I wonder if if they went to him and were like, "Hey, are you even willing to play?" And he's like, "No, <laughs> like that could be not after yeah, the season that I had. Like I'm just gonna rest up and 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 prepare for next season." So we'll, we'll um, go to because that Tyler Huntley list. pick was weird. So sure. strange, so strange. Yeah. But anyway, so so the Dolphins, it's been since 1995 with Marino. The Niners, it's been, it's been since 2002 with Jeff Garcia. So they finally wow. have a Pro Bowl quarterback. Um, awesome. He's had the season we've been over a million times on the show. Deserving. Yeah. I, again, I hope the Niners are nowhere near the Pro Bowl because they're getting ready for the Super Bowl. But Exactly. Um, absolutely deserves it. Kudos to Brock Purdy. Uh, and again, congrats to 49ers fans. You got a QB. 
hey, <laughs> it's been a long time. <laughs> like really long. It just, just enjoy it. Like you said. And that's the other thing is, you know, I think a lot of fans are going and, and I, I'll be perfectly honest. I, I kind of feel this way as well. And I think you do to a certain extent, like this, this season is going to feel a, like a failure if they don't, if they don't win the Super Bowl. Um, if they make the Super Bowl and don't win against the Ravens team that absolutely stomped a mud hole in them uh, on Christmas day, like maybe that is a little understandable, but still a giant disappointment. But if you just step back and look at the season, you know, I, it's hard. It, it, the conversation around like what, what constitutes a successful season is it can be really toxic when it comes to fan bases because, you know, the, the saying goes, right. You, as Herm Edwards tells us, you play to win the game, right? Like the mm -hmm. ultimate goal is to win the Super Bowl. But if as a fan, your view is every season is a failure that you don't win the Super Bowl. That's a that's a really that's a really sad existence, right? Because very few teams win the Super Bowl. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, yeah. And so, I think I, my hope for 49er fans is that they take a step back, regardless of how the season ends, and just look at this regular season and go, "This regular season was a ton." of fun to watch i am we we saw brock purdy grow before our eyes we saw an offense that was historically good uh we saw a defense that took a a bit of a step back but not a giant step back they're still a top 10 defense in the league mm -hmm. you you know you you got to watch nick bosa you got to watch fred warner you got to you know you got to see jair brown take the field you got to see diamondor lenore grow you got to see Christian McCaffrey. You got to see George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel. You didn't have to. You didn't have to sit through uh, quarterback injuries. You didn't have to sit through major injuries to important players. Like this was an incredible season, and it was a lot of fun to watch and a lot of fun to cover. And I hope that other fans feel the same way. Like I said, regardless of how the season ends up, because it's really hard to win a Super Bowl. Should this team win the Super Bowl? It's one of two teams that should, right? It's the mm -hmm. 49ers and the Ravens, and, and everybody else is chasing them. But regardless, this was still an incredible season. So Purdy's the first of five guys on offense. Trent Williams makes it for the 11th straight year, I think. He's made it every year since 2012. But you know what I didn't know about Trent Williams, Bri, is he wasn't a first-team All-Pro until he came to San Francisco. He had oh, a wow. second-team All-Pro. I didn't all know pro. that either. I had no idea. He had a second team all pro. I just found that out now. <laughs> so gonna yeah. pro Bowls is it. Um, he had a second team all pro in 2015. He's been a first team all pro the past two seasons, and he probably will be again, I would think, for oh, the yeah. Niners. So he makes another pro bowl. And, and you know, what can you say? One of the best tackles in NFL history. Yeah. And just a freak at the position. And that's the thing that I love about him is is just watching him play. Like he moves like someone that his size shouldn't ever be able to move. You it, it's a it's like a it's a marvel every time you watch him. You know, and he's 25 yards downfield running stride for stride with, you know, Christian McCaffrey or Debo Samuel. Like, this dude's like over 300 pounds. Like, what? How does he move this way? So, yeah, it's been he's a freak. He's an absolute yeah, freak. Yeah, it's yeah. There's there's one Trent Williams, and and he will be rewarded for that uh, after he retires for sure. First ballot all the way.
Christian McCaffrey makes what will be his fifth Pro Bowl. Yeah, fifth one. He made it with Panthers in 2019. And then in 2000. No, wait. This is all screwed up. I'm looking at Pro Football Reference in 2022. Looks like it's three different seasons. It's not. So this is only his third Pro Bowl. Oh. Um, and which again, you think McCaffrey would have been in more, but he had, two he had the, a phenomenal year. Two injuries, two injury marred seasons. Yeah, and those were the seasons, yeah, that he had three games and seven games he wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Didn't make it his first two seasons. Um, somehow he didn't make it with 1,965 yards from scrimmage in 2018, but he makes it this year. He's also going to probably win Offensive Player of the Year, which will be his first. And we'll talk a little bit about it later, but, you know, getting rid of the myth that running backs don't matter because he might be yeah. the most valuable player in the league. Yeah. Hard to argue. Hard to argue that he isn't the engine that makes this this offense go. It's it's again, I still can't believe that the uh Panthers allowed the 49ers to trade for Christian McCaffrey. It's yeah, just highway robbery. Time I think highway about it, I'm like, what? Who who allowed this to happen? Thank you to whoever it was. But the entire entire yeah. NFL would go back in time and like oh hundred percent. hundred percent. Yeah. All right, Kyle Juszczyk is the fourth player on offense. Kyle Juszczyk is going to be an eight-time Pro Bowler. because the most he's for any fullback full, in NFL history. Because he's kind of the only fullback anybody knows, maybe, um, out of the ten of well, them there are in the league. But no, he's, he's a terrific player. He means a lot to what they do in the run game. Yeah. Um, he's, I just feel like any year Kyle Juszczyk plays, he's going to be a, he's going to represent the Pro Bowl at that position and the team at that position. So, Yeah, he uh, – Nick Wagner – posted something i retweeted it because uh kyle Yushek quote tweeted it uh it is eight pro bowls and that is the most by a fullback in league history so kudos kudos to juice that's fantastic yeah i mean listen it's it's all-time stuff so you yeah. know whatever i don't care how many fullbacks there are he's doing things nobody's done before and he's been doing it at a high level for this team for a while so let me let me ask you this question does kyle use is he a is he a fringe Hall of Famer at this point? Just based on well, how mean, successful he's been at that position specifically, it would be an interesting argument because of what he's done at that position. But he doesn't. I mean, he doesn't have like Tom Rathman numbers, right? No. So I don't think you know. I, I don't think he's prolific enough at the position to be considered for Hall of Fame. But for what he does, he's he's had a hell of a career. He's had a hell of yeah, a career. Absolutely. There's, there's no shame in that. There's no shame absolutely. in that. Absolutely. All right, the fifth guy on offense. Last but not least, who I want to spend a little bit of time talking about, because what's going on, again, we talk about these great seasons, we talk about appreciating these players. What you have right now at tight end is an all-time guy. A guy who I think is, he'll probably, he's at 6,274 receiving yards, um, which is fourth all-time for the 49ers. He'll probably have to get to 8,000-ish yards, I think, for the Hall of Fame. I think he's got a little work to do, but what you're seeing is a guy who is on his way there. He makes his fourth Pro Bowl. And listen to some of this stuff. Only three players in 49ers history have had three or more 1,000 plus yard receiving seasons. It's Jerry Rice, T.O., and now George Kittle. The <laughs> Niners have had 33 individual receiving 1,000 yard seasons. And those three guys have 20 of them. Rice has 12, T.O. Wow. has five, Kittle has three. I'm going to get venture to say Brandon Ayuk is going to join them at three next year should he stay healthy. And Kittle right now, I went and looked it up because I'm like, what is he doing in terms of all-time tight ends? Because I'm starting mm-hmm. to think about him with Hall of Fame now. He's currently third all-time in receiving yards per game for a tight end. It's 64 yards. He trails only Travis Kelsey and Rob Gronkowski. 
So he is putting up again numbers with some of the greats. If he has yeah. that longevity, he's been in the league what now? Seven years. Mm-hmm. So again, you give him a 10-year career, even if he gets another 1,500 yards in the next three years, which he'll get more than that. Again, you know, if he stays healthy, he'll be at that 8,000-yard range. And I, I really think he's you're, you're seeing a guy who, again, perennial pro bowler and is, is going to be a Hall of Famer for this team. Yeah, and, you know, I, I think in <clears throat> the thing that is impressive about Kittle is, is you have to there, – there's a little bit of context there as well. The numbers are impressive, but the numbers are even more impressive – when you realize how often he is used in the blocking game and how in integral he is to the blocking scheme and the running game for the San Francisco 49ers. And I think that's where maybe he doesn't get some of the really elite numbers, if you will. Um, you know, the Kelsey's, the Gronkowski's, things like that. But I do think that there is some context there in terms of his ability as a blocker. Uh, and it's not just that he's good at it. It's that he's great at it. And it's not just that he's great at it. It's that he wants to do it. So, you know, he's not this guy that's like, hey, get me the ball. It's get me the ball when you can. If not, I'm going to block my ass off because that's what I enjoy doing more than catching the football and catching touchdowns. I genuinely believe that. I genuinely believe that if, if, George Kittle had a game where he caught three touchdowns and had two pancake blocks. And you asked him what he enjoyed doing more. I think his answer would be the two pancake blocks. I really do. I really think that's what he loves doing. He really, he's one of those guys that's like, listen, when I'm blocking the ability for me to impose my will on another human being is just, you know, it feeds into that joker on his, on his arm, right? Like that's the mentality that Mm -hmm. he has. And so, you know, I think when when the conversation starts to swirl after he retires and they start, you know, he is eligible. I think part of the conversation is he's got these great receiving numbers. They're not as good as maybe some of these other guys. But, man, look at the way he blocked as well. And I hope that that goes into part of the conversation for his candidacy. Yeah. Now, defensively, I want to start out with two guys who they got as free agents, because typically in the NFL with free agency, right, they kind of say sometimes it's fool's gold, right? Some of these guys Mm -hmm. are free agents for a reason. Guys get overpaid. A lot of guys don't live up to the contracts. The two big contracts the Niners have had last two seasons are are in the Pro Bowl, and Mm -hmm. they've been huge parts of the defense. So we'll start with Hargrave, who, like we said, the numbers didn't jump out initially, but he's got seven sacks, which is good for an interior player. Yeah. Um, he'll make his second Pro Bowl overall this year. He made it in 2021, somehow did not make it with 11 sacks last year. I, I don't know. Um, Too many guys on the line. I guess so. But yeah, so his second one in the Niners paid him a lot of money, but it's paid dividends in year one. You know, it's interesting you bring that up. You bring up free agency. And it, it, it right now, I just started kind of going through. The 49ers don't typically hand out a lot of money in free agency. They really don't. Um, you know, they did they did that that first that first offseason um after Kyle and and John got here, right? The Quan Alexander contract, whatever. Um I can't really think of a time where they they brought in a player via free agency and that player was a bust and and really hurt them financially. Outside of Quan Alexander, I think I was gonna and say Quan Alexander and, was, and the yeah. problem with Quan was just injury related. It wasn't play related. He just kept getting injured. And that was, 
McKinnon. Yeah. McKinnon was was a bust one too. Uh, uh, right, but also injury again, related, just couldn't. Related, yeah. yeah, injury related. Couldn't you know? Couldn't recover with the 49ers from that from that devastating knee injury. But the 49ers don't typically make splashes in in free agency, and when they do, they tend to be intentional about it. And last year it was Charvarius Ward to shore up the secondary, and this year it was Javon Hargrave to shore up the interior of the defensive line. And both of those both of those signings have been absolute home runs uh, from the jump. And so, uh, again, just another feather in the cap of this of this front office that. You know, you you don't find them typically spending a lot of money on players that don't make an impact, uh, which again is is part of why they've been able to build the type of team that they've been able to build. And then the second guy is somebody who Steve Wilkes said today he doesn't think there's another corner in the league playing better than it. There's Trevorius Ward, and he has had a career season. I believe this is his first Pro Bowl. He has 23 passes defended, which leaves the NFL and is a career high for him. He never had more than 11 in the season, so he's doubled wow. that this year. And he has five interceptions, which is a career high for him. He never had more than two in a season. Actually, he had five going into this year. So he's matched his career total in picks this year. He has had a tremendous season. Again, you go out and spend money on a corner, you want him to be a number one guy, and that's mm-hmm. what he's been for this team. Yeah, and not only that, but it has allowed them to really play with the other side of the field and find their best, you know, their best combination uh, because they know that Mooney's got it locked down at one spot. And so they've been able to rotate through with Demo and Ambry Thomas and um, uh, Isaiah Oliver and uh, Sammy Womack. Right. And they've been able to withstand some of those injuries too, to Womack, to Luter um, because Ward has been, consistently good and and mm-hmm. hasn't hasn't missed any time which again is a is a huge a huge bonus as well uh so uh, you know again very very um purposeful in their pursuit very purposeful in in the fit and just knocked it out of the park and then the next two guys who make it are the cornerstone guys the homegrown guys the the absolute stars that they drafted fred warner makes his third pro bowl um, he's got two AP one team selections that'll probably be his third for that too this year. Mm-hmm. He finishes, it's gonna look like his he's gonna be five off his career high for tackles. Um, two and a half sacks, his career high is three. So he was close to that too. And what else did he had another force fumbles four? It's a career high for him. Uh, he had four interceptions, that's a career high for him. So just an, another, you know, elite season yeah. for an elite player. Yeah, a third rounder, third rounder out of BYU. Um you know, I, I the one thing that I always remember is um, Kevin Clark of the Ringer, who does a lot of stuff. Um, you know, he used to be the Ringer NFL show before it was guys like Stephen Ruiz and and uh, Ben Solak, who I still like Ben, but um, but before them it was Robert Mays and Kevin Clark was the was the Ringer NFL show. And now Mays is at the Athletic, and Kevin Clark is still with the Ringer, but just doing other things. But I remember that draft that. Fred Warner was his kind of his like mid round draft crush. And he mm-hmm. was very, very high on him. And and when the 49ers selected him, you know, he was very high on that selection as well. And it's been just an incredible, uh, just an incredible player. Um, you know, I, I think off ball linebacker, and, and we're going to talk about this in a bit, you know, off ball linebacker tends to be uh, an area that a lot of teams will, uh, won't sink very much uh very many resources into that into that position yeah. um and 
guys like Kyle Shanahan love that because they absolutely take advantage of it. Uh, and the 49ers do because I think Kyle Shanahan is the coach and he recognizes if you've got good off ball linebackers, you're going to have a good defense. And uh, the 49ers have two of them. And it's just, it's just, they're just fun to watch. They're just incredible players. You know, Fred Warner is, is such a unicorn at the position just with mm-hmm. his, just his physical, just his, his, his physical measurements, right? He's six, three, right? He, he came, he went to BYU as a safety, still played safety at BYU. And then his last year there played this kind of weird hybrid safety linebacker position. And then the 49ers drafted him and, and made him a full-time linebacker, but he's tall for the position. He knows how to cover because he started as a, as a safety. So he's an incredible uh, linebacker in coverage, which you don't always get. Uh, and, and if you look at teams, like look at the Eagles, right? Look at the Eagles defense and how much it's dropped off. It's dropped off because the guys that they had playing linebacker last year all left and they didn't mm-hmm. put any resources in there. And now teams just attack the middle of the field on them and they've got nothing to do. Yeah. They have no way to defend it because the guys they have on the team aren't good. Right. So uh, again, just uh, another position where, you know, I think the 49ers are are ahead of the curve on that. And I think you can attribute that to Kyle Shanahan. And then the last pro bowler uh, is Nick Bosa, who is going to make his fourth pro bowl. The only year he didn't is the year he tore his ACL in the, in week two. Um, you know, he started the year slow for his standards, only three sacks, but he finished with 10 and a half after the bye. He, you, you know, he looked more like Nick Bosa in terms of getting home. He has 53 and a half sacks in essentially four years with the 49ers. Cause again, he only played what five mm-hmm. quarters or six quarters, whatever it was in mm-hmm. 2020. Um, so headed for his fourth pro bowl again, headed for what looks like, you know, an elite career. Yeah. I mean, what, what else is there to say about Nick Bosa? He's one of the best defensive players in the NFL. Uh, he's, he's top three edge rusher in the NFL and the 49ers just signed him long-term. So uh, again, a guy that you're going to get to see and root for and a guy that's going to be a cornerstone of this defense for years to come. And, you know, outs barring injury, you just assume every year he's going to be a pro bowler. And you mentioned those, the off ball linebackers. So, you know, we're looking at the guys made the pro bowl here. We're looking at how the Niners play. And I think it was Daniel Jeremiah who said this. I have to try to find it now. Um, all right. So we said, it's fun to look at how San Francisco and Baltimore built their teams. One thing that stood out to me is a commitment to off the ball linebackers. So many teams have devalued that spot and they've, and they've invested in it. Those four dudes, um, meaning Greenlaw, Warner, uh, Roquan Smith, and Patrick Queen mm-hmm. are incredible players. And they shut down the middle of the field for the run and pass. And it got me thinking a little bit about the Niners. And I remember when this regime took over, I mean, there were a lot of people who took shots at San Francisco because they did pay a Kyle use check who's been mm-hmm. a big part of this team for what yeah. now? Eight, seven years, eight years. And mm-hmm. again, he does the little things for them. His numbers have gone down, but again, there's a lot of mouths to feed now. It's not 2018 right. anymore. Or 19, you know, where he's going to touch the ball almost 40 times. It's, he does the little things and he's been, he's been a terrific player for them in the locker room and on the field. And then they go out and they don't spend high draft capital on the linebackers, but you don't have to, when you hit like they have the third right. rounder for Warner, um, a fifth rounder for Greenlaw, but they they paid both of these guys yeah. to stick around. And the other position that gets re- devalued that the 49ers have clearly valued, and Kyle Shanahan has tried to value this position for a long time. It's running back. We've seen in the offseason, um, Josh Jacobs is going to get paid. Saquon, Saquon Barkley couldn't get paid. Uh, there's another one of, oh, um, Austin Eckler. These guys couldn't mm-hmm. get paid. 
Mm-hmm. 49ers go out and they give up draft, draft assets and they're paying for Christian McCaffrey, who has transformed their offense in a lot of ways. Now, not everybody's Christian McCaffrey, but still, there are some elite backs out there. And when you look at what Shanahan and Lynch have done since they got here, they've been trying to get this guy. They were interested mm-hmm. in Le'Veon Bell. They were interested in, um, what did I just, oh, oh, they signed Jarek McKinnon to yeah. be hopefully this kind of back. Yeah. Kevin Coleman, they paid. They've mm-hmm. drafted running backs constantly high. It just, they haven't Third found rounders. that guy. <laughs> they found a lot of gems late, but yeah, yeah your trade, your trade sermons and, and your TDPs. Joe Williams was the third or fourth, but these guys didn't work out. But Kyle Shannon has been trying to find his Christian McCaffrey until he finally traded for Christian McCaffrey. So you see these guys at these at these positions, and even kicker, they paid Robbie Gold. And people are like, oh, you're paying a kicker or whatever? Well, dude didn't miss a, play, a field goal in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So they value sort of these, I don't want to say strange positions, but they pay positions that maybe other teams don't. Yeah. And it's worked for them. They've reaped the benefits. Kyle Juszczyk has been a consistent performer since they've got him. Robbie Gould made huge kicks for them. And then they invested in Jake Moody again. We'll see how that goes. Christian mm-hmm. McCaffrey, it took a while at running back, but now Christian McCaffrey has put them in a position where maybe he's transformed the offense. And Kittle and Greenlaw just shut down the middle of the field. They're absolute yeah. difference makers on the defense. So I just thought it was really interesting that, one, that Daniel brought that up, and it got me thinking, like, yeah, the Niners have done this a little bit differently in some ways. Yeah, you know, and and you could argue that the the Ravens have actually sunk more resources into off-ball linebacker than the 49ers have if you're not including salary because the 49ers paid Fred Warner quite a bit of money. Um and then they they paid Greenlaw as well, but not anywhere near what they paid Fred Warner. But Warner was a third rounder, Greenlaw was a fifth rounder. But Patrick Pat I said almost said Patrick McQueen. Patrick Queen was a first round pick for those Ravens and then they traded a second and I want to say, I believe it's a second. It's either a second and a fifth or a second, a third and a fifth for Roquan Smith mm-hmm. uh, from the bears. And then, and then they extended him. So they, they paid him as well. So you could argue that they, you know, they kind of, they have invested in that position just as much. And, and again, you look at how much they've invested in running back or w- when it came to either drafting guys or bringing guys in, you've had Mark Ingram, they've had, uh, you know, they've had, uh, the the draft pick they had this year who uh, got hurt, Keaton Mitchell. Keaton Mitchell. Um, they've you know they brought in other backs, um, and a lot of that had to do with the fact that Greg Roman was their offensive coordinator, and they were running a very run heavy scheme, so that made sense mm-hmm. for them. But if you look at it from the 49ers perspective, you're right. I, they do invest in some interesting or or maybe less popular positions. But again, I think that stems from Kyle Shanahan as their head coach, because, you know, they invest in fullback because a fullback is important for his scheme, for the outside zone, for, for the run scheme that he wants. Running backs are important because he wants to run the ball. He's not, he's not one of these new school coaches who is desperate to throw the ball because that's, you know, that's what the, you know, that's, that's what the league has gone to. He wants to run the ball and he wants to impose his will on you. He's very old school in that regard. And so he has invested heavily in the running back position, sometimes to the detriment of his own, you know, his, his own legacy, if you will, because he gets, he gets pretty hammered by a lot of people about it. Uh, You know, I, even I did like when they drafted TDP, I was like, what, what are we doing? Like, Mm -hmm. what are we doing? But, you know, that position is, is is integral to the success of his offense. 
And then, like I said earlier, with the off-ball linebacker, again, Kyle Shanahan loves to attack the middle of the field, and he loves to attack weak linebackers. It's like his favorite thing to do. And so I think because of that, he knows that if you've got good off-ball linebackers, it makes it easier for you to play defense. And so he looks for that for his defense. And I don't, I don't remember who, I, I know I read this somewhere and, and I hate when I do this because it sounds like I'm just making it up. I'm not, I read it. I did read it somewhere, but um, one of the play, uh, player was interviewed uh, a 49er player. And I don't know if it was a former player, current player, but one of the things that they said was they were surprised how involved Kyle Shanahan is with the defense and how important the defense is to Kyle Shanahan. And I think a lot of people don't, don't realize that. And it's again, because he, he wants to attack weaknesses. That's what he wants to do. And so for him, he wants to make sure that what he likes to do, other teams cannot do to them. I think that's ultimately what, what it comes down to. And so that is why they emphasize things like off ball linebacker and, uh, you know, edge play and rushing four and covering with with seven, right? Because that is what he thinks is the hardest to go against. And yeah. and and if you look at the teams that that this offense has struggled against, it's teams like that, right? It's teams like the Browns who rush four and and cover with seven, and they had problems with that. And you know, you could say the Vikings, but the, what the Vikings did was was more about confusing a young quarterback and using a lot of disguised coverages and and switching things, you know, at the at the snap to kind of change the picture on the quarterback. And I think that's part of what, you know, why Brock struggled. But I think the more he sees that, the more he'll be able to to process through that. And, and the and the Ravens kind of do the same thing. Um, but. Yeah, I, I think it comes back to who the coach is and 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 what he thinks is difficult to go against. That's again why he he brought Robert Sala in because he always said the the most difficult defense that I always had to go against was Pete Carroll Seahawks, you know, uh, Legion of Boom style cover three defense. That was always the most difficult for me, so I wanted to implement that on my team as well. So um, again, just another way that that Kyle Shanahan has his fingerprints on this whole team, not just the offense. Yeah, and usually, so usually our second show of the week, we will preview the game. Uh, what the, what are we? Uh, we're not going to preview <laughs> that week. I mean, come on. What are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about Sam Darnold. Like, we're talking about Sam Darnold's audition for a QB one position somewhere else in the off in the NFL this season. This is I his mean, one opportunity to put something on tape to then go into the marketplace and be like, "See, look, look at look what look, yeah, look what I can do. Look what I can do." it's such a weird feeling right now because like you're so amped up and everything's going with the season. And then I didn't, I thought they were gonna have to play this week. Yeah. I thought for sure, yeah. Philly, for sure Philly was going to win. And even Detroit, I, I kind of thought, you know, maybe they're going to beat Dallas. You know, I, I did mm-hmm. not think there was any way in hell the Niners weren't playing it. So you have like, you're all pumped up, you're ready to go. And then it just comes to an abrupt, like, just a mm-hmm. halt for like three yeah. weeks. I don't really know what to do with myself. You kind of like, oh, yeah. oh, I just got to sit and think about, whatever the division game is going to be. So this week almost feels like a glorified, I don't know, like a glorified preseason game or something. Yeah. It's just, just, I just want everybody to get out healthy. And then it's another week of nothing. And then you gotta, I guess I got to find something to worry about. So I'll worry about, are they going to be rusty? Little yeah. worried about, Pur- I was kind of hoping Purdy would, again, they treat it like a preseason game where he'd at least play a few series, 
throw mm-hmm. some easy passes, just get out there, you know, get rid of the ball quickly and go home type thing. But yeah, they're going to rest him. I get it. I get it. You don't want to put your quarterback at jeopardy, but we've just seen, again, I'll, I guess I'll worry about it when it comes time to worry about it. I, I just, I would worry about rust right now. That's the only mm-hmm. thing that would get in my head with, with resting a lot of players, but also if somebody got hurt, you never forgive yourself. So it's kind of exactly. a double-edged sword. It, it is. It's a double-edged sword. And, and the other, the other difficult part, and Kyle Shanahan kind of talked about this. He said, you know, if you rest a bunch of players that you normally have playing, well, then you put your other players that that aren't used to playing in a weird position, and then they start kind of pressing, and then that's when you that's when you see more injuries, right? When players are pressing because they're not used to being in that position, and you know, you you got to have you got to have your whole team healthy going into the playoffs because you never right. know when an injury could happen. And, you know, for, for the, the Brock Purdy situation, to me, it makes sense because Trent Williams isn't playing and Jalen Mur Jalen Moore is still currently in the concussion protocol. And so what you're looking at right now is Colton McKibbitts at left tackle and Matt Pryor at right tackle, uh, because John Feliciano is dealing with a back injury. So more than likely Spencer Burford is going to be in and you just, you don't want to put Brock by that line. Yeah. No, no, yeah, not no at way. all. Not at all. But here's the other thing. And and this is where it's still a little like for me, at least like Sam Darnold could be important in the playoffs, right? If Brock goes down, you need Sam. Sam Darnold gets injured in this game because the offensive line can't, you know, block their way out of a paper bag. That's not good either. You still have Kyle Allen, but I, I I have no idea what to think of, of, of Allen. So yeah. Um, it's, it's a really unique situation that they're in. Um, but on the other side, the Rams are resting players too. Carson Wentz is going to start for them. Matthew mm-hmm. Stafford is getting the day off. Like I said earlier, Puka Nakua is playing, but I assume that once he gets the record, they're probably He's pulling out. him out. Um, so no yeah, no cup. Yeah, play. exactly. And, and, and that's interesting to me because they don't have the six seed locked up. They could end up the seven seed, but I think if you're, if you're, Sean McVay and you go, well, if I'm the sixth seed, I go to Detroit or if I'm the seventh seed, I go to Dallas. I'm not afraid to go to either place mm-hmm. with my offense. So I think that's part of the calculus for him, but I am interested to see what Sam Darnold does in this game. Um, I, I do think Sam Darnold is going to, to, to view this game as an opportunity for himself to, like I said, to put some good play on tape. Uh, because he is a free agent after this year and and maybe he wants to come back to San Francisco uh, on a much cheaper deal than he has now, but I doubt it. I think he probably still wants to have an opportunity to start. And, you know, I, I assume he and his agent were like, yeah, let's go to San Francisco. Brock's coming off a, an elbow injury. The likelihood that you're going to get to play is probably pretty high. Um, you might as well go there. And then you get to be a part of Kyle Shanahan's system, which, you know, tends to turn, you know, shit into diamonds if you will sometimes and you know you may end up being able to reap the benefit in in free agency next year and it doesn't look like that's going to be the case for him but he still probably has you know he's going to have some suitors and if he plays well in this in this game that's something that he can point to so i am interested in that um and you know it, it this game doesn't matter in fact i have uh, I don't even know if I'm going to watch the game because I have a, a softball clinic at one o'clock, which is when this game starts. And in my head, I'm like, nah, that's okay. 
<laughs> like yeah, there's no uh, fantasies over yeah. the Niners yeah, are the exactly. game. It's a rough, it's, it's a rough weekend. You know, two yeah. of the big games are on Saturday, right? And then the Sunday yeah. nighters big. Yeah. yeah, it is a rough weekend. I'm just gonna have to bet on stuff to make it interesting. But right. I don't even know. I, it's not, they're not smart bets, so I, I won't do much. You know what I mean? Because like, you don't know what's you don't know who's gonna show up. If the Ravens are gonna play people, you know, you have no idea. Yeah. So week 17 is is weird. The one weird. the one thing I did the one thing I did realize I was talking to my wife uh, the other night and uh, I realized that uh, we will be in Vegas for the first the divisional round of the playoffs. Oh. Um, our our youngest. It will be in Vegas for a cheer competition and we, we will be there. We're flying home on Sunday and I'm like, Oh, that's, that's going to be the first weekend <laughs> that the 49ers play. I'm like, damn it. <laughs> you got to figure out so, when that game's on. You got to get like YouTube yeah. TV on your phone or something like that. Yeah. You know what I well, mean? I have, I have Hulu. I have Hulu with live TV, so I'm not worried about that. Uh, what I'm worried about is I'm like, am I going to be on the plane when, when mm. it goes? So we'll see. But, uh, but yeah, that's that's my biggest concern uh, <laughs> moving into the playoffs is I, I don't know where I'm going to be able to watch that first game, but you bet your ass I will be watching it. Well, we got a couple weeks to figure it out. We're trying to book an old friend for a guest um, early next week. We'll see if we can lock that down. Um, maybe have some other couple guests because we're going to run out of shit to talk about in the next two weeks probably. Yes, so. we are. Yes, um, we yeah, are. We have nothing, we, nothing to preview next week yeah, at we'll, all. <laughs> we'll see if, if we, can, we can get some people on the show for you guys. So, But until then, thanks for listening. We're out of here. Later. Nine is on three. One, two, three. Twenty four hundred sports is an Odyssey company. 